Welcome to Challenging the Status Quo podcast season two brought to you by Digital Savages with your host Amir Sabirovic. On the previous episode our challenger and guest was Marco Bushman. Marco follows the path of the Shambhala warrior that conquers the world not by violence or aggression but gentleness, courage, self-knowledge, contributing to the lives of others. Show up as who you are and live a courageous life. Be you whoever you may be. And here's a short part of our conversation. You know, what I sometimes say is we all have this board of directors in our heads called our parents, our best friends, our uncles and so on. And whenever we, 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 we're in front of a choice, you know, we somehow consciously or unconsciously, we, we talk with them and ask them like, so what should I do? And what's the right path? And what we need to learn when we grow up is that we, we can still listen to them, but ultimately that we are a choice that we are independent and that we still listen to the, the feedback from each and every one, but we have to make our own choices. And I think also for being successful, is also about the willingness and to be courageous enough to make your own choices in life. I hope you enjoyed Marco's life journey and you learned how to elevate and become the best version of you. Now, we can tune in to our next guest. Hi everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Challenging the Status Quo. Today, the challenger and a guest is Alexia Emerenciana. She's a speaker and she holds keynotes of the uh, hero of your own story. So I'm really curious to, to hear her journey and how she became hero of her own story. Welcome, Alexia. Awesome to have you on the show. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you. Alexia, uh, you, you said it uh, prior to this conversation and you've probably heard a few of our podcasts. So could you tell us uh, a bit about your background and how you got where you are right now? Yes. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I'm very honored. Um, well, my personal story starts in Bonaire. Um, I was born in the Dutch Antilles, and when I was three, we moved to the Netherlands with my uh, with my mom, who's Dutch. Uh, my dad, he's a, a native of Curaçao, and my sister, who was eight years old at that moment. And I don't have many vivid memories of my childhood, but I do recall the most impressive ones. And one of those um, is a memory who changed my identity completely. And um, so when I was six years old, I witnessed uh, domestic violence. And uh, my sister got beaten up with a belt when she was 11. And, and still I can hear um, her, her, the belt landing on her skin and her, her screaming and, and begging my dad to stop. So that was, yeah a huge huge experience for me at age six um i wanted to save her from well the only person who was supposed to to be our hero and our protector but my mom was so in shock so she helped me back so that's one of my most impressive yeah, memories i have of my childhood and um uh at that moment but as as, as my mom held me back or helped me back to not to uh, save my sister um i made a, a kind of a, a bold choice for my future and that was that no one is ever going to suffer and feel neglected or not seen and heard and appreciated when i'm around so um with this choice um well, my, my, that's, that's how my path went through all my life. It's, it's kind of a red thread. 
And I took that disappointment with myself very highly. And only for, not only for my mom and my sister, but also for strangers, uh, for friends and colleagues to find out only two years ago at age 44 um, that I did not take care of myself at all in the process. But, um, well, this, this early experience changed my behavior and also my par uh, patterns through my whole personal and work life. So when I was in my teens and 20s, I got a nickname. Do you know what it is? You, you I'm can see quite me. curious right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was sunshine. <laughs> Everyone called me sunshine. But what no one knew is that I wore a, a mask to protect myself, uh, but also to connect with people. And a very, at a very young age, I discovered um, that people love to connect with people who are happy, who are enthusiastic and positive in life. So um, when I, I found, found that out, I knew that I needed to, to wear a mask um, that included all of that. So I was going to play that role of being happy all the time. And which I could easily got an Oscar for, for I, <laughs> I can say myself. Um, well, and um, with, with, a, with such an experience in your backpack um, and, and the, 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 the feeling that you cannot talk about it, um, I felt so ashamed um, of what I experienced within my family situation. Um, that it was hard for me to talk about that. So I discovered only like two years ago that I needed to be my own hero in my, in my life story. So, <laughs> well, and, and my, my, what, what the strange thing is my dad was very well known as a very charismatic person. He played in a salsa band and helped a lot of people around him. Uh, but when he was at home, he was a very different person than everyone knew him. And for the outside, he was kind of a hero. And many women were kind of in love with my dad. Um, but he was not at all that bad. But he couldn't handle the, the feeling of helpless, helplessness. So when he suffered from helplessness, um, and so when he encountered that feeling, he went yeah, totally out of his mind. He couldn't stop himself, so he used violence to make his point. And... That meant that I grew up with fear, judgment, and shame around me and in our family situation. And, um, and I was not able to share my story at a, at a very young age, not even with my family. Uh, scared everyone wouldn't believe me. And that's what we do when we are very little. We, we, we are holding us back, uh, scared for the consequences. Um, and my consequence where I was afraid of was that I would end up alone. My sister um, uh, already fled home at age 16 and I felt kind of abandoned by her. I was 11 at the point. So in my head, it was only logic that people uh, were about to turn their backs on me as soon as the word was out, what we experienced at home. So I kept it in me for a very long time and it made me feel very alone through whole, throughout my whole adult life. And um, when you carry such a feeling with you during, um, well, your adult life, it's, it's well, I'm now 46. Um, 
it's it it takes a long time to heal from that experience. So um, I still feel uh, the, the the feeling of loneliness in my in my system. But since I discovered it was time to heal myself and to start talking about my journey, I am on a mission to grow as a person. So um, I'm taking step by step. And I also mentioned uh, the red thread in my life and my whole work life was um, uh, working in the hospitality industry. So my work life was hospitality industry. And it wasn't that strange because... um, I was making sure everyone was feeling heard and seen and appreciated around me uh, when they were interacting with me. So, well, the funny thing is, it wasn't a conscious choice to work in the hospitality industry. The industry found found me in the last 25 years. And as I mentioned earlier, I made a bold appointment with myself. No one is ever going to suffer and feel neglected or not seen, heard and appreciated when I'm around, not on my watch. So the universe basically worked with me. <laughs> but yeah, well, since two years, I dedicated myself to share my story with with my audience. Um, and basically, there it's a it's a young audience, young professionals at schools. And my story is about choices you make based on your life's experiences, and um, and the story of being the hero of your own life story. And um, well, it, it took some courage for me uh, to share my choices and, and my story in life. But with Brene Brown, I'm not sure if you know her in my corner, it, I could do it. And I'm a fan of her work and her book, The Power of Vulnerability, uh, well, which helped me if, if, if a lot to, to, to heal myself. Uh, um, I'm kind of speechless uh, about your journey and actually beautiful transition that you that you made. Um, but it's a it's a funny. So I, I find some resemblance. So your 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 father was in the I would say in the hospitality as well, wasn't he? I mean, he was making other people ha- happy, but wasn't being able to reflect that on himself when he when he got home. Um, uh, how are you the hero of your story right now? How am I my hero own hero? Well. What I'm doing basically is um, by sharing my story, I am able to heal more inside. So um, uh, when I'm um, um, when I have a, a this assignment for well, last week I had an assignment for a school for 100 students. I had my speech, and um, um, they asked me to to to. To wrap my story around making choices and the lazing or the the speech was about uh, from shit nor pit. So uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how it's in, in English. <laughs> I think it's the same. I think okay. it's the same. From shit to pit. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what I um, every time when I I need to. Um, uh, define my my red thread in my story and and the the message i have so i make my mess my own message um every time i'm I'm going through some phases i need to come up with new um kind of experiences choices and incidents and every time i go through those experiences um i need to go deep i need to go very deep to to get the message out of it and um, and at that that's the that's the thing. When I do that, I um, I, get, I get these um, insights, 
And those insights are based on things on when I was little, but I don't need those in, those things anymore. So, but what I see in life, and uh, I'm working on it right now, very hard to to turn it all around. But those insights uh, are well made me the person who I am today, um, with my 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 patterns, with my uh, the choices I made, and for me, um, looking back. Um, and dealing with everything once again and um, looking at it as um, um, that it is okay, that it is okay that what happened, it is okay. No, it's not okay to to be be, be beaten up. No, it's not okay. But to get an inside, uh, for instance, why my dad did he thinks he did, um, um, it doesn't make him a super dad, but it, 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 for me, uh, um, I'm able to uh, to move forward, so that I'm not going to help uh, are going to hold me back in the in the, in the past, but I'm I'm able to go uh, straight forward, and that make me that makes me my own hero to to get those insights, uh, so I'm able to to change things for myself. And for now, I'm able to inspire uh, youth, teens, uh, in 20, people in 20s to, um, to, to heal themselves as well, that they need to get the courage um, uh, to look back and to see what happened and to try to understand why parents do the things they do. And no, it's not an, an easy way. I'm not going to say it's easy, um, but uh, in the end, it's going to, to help you a lot uh, during your uh, growing up. Yeah, you have some closure with yourself, not blaming anybody, but just may, th- taking the point uh, after it and saying, I need to proceed, but you have put your past behind and learn yeah. from it, from experience. And, yes. and when you look at it, um, of course, everybody has their own definition of success. What is yours and what is the feeling behind it? Yeah, well, I kind of dislike the term success uh, since it reminds me always about money and materialistic things. And I do believe that, that it has something to do with my past. <laughs> <laughs> it's necessary uh, evil and yeah. I, I i totally agree with you it's yeah it's uh, maybe maybe value so what is your definition of value, value. Well, is that a I, better I, one i i rephrased your sentence already um uh, so what are the things you're happy to have accomplished when you look back at your life <laughs> so I, that's a beautiful one can i steal it <laughs> yeah, of course of course no worries <laughs> um when when i look back at my life I would be honored if people would say about me that I changed their lives by sharing my life story, Uh, that it helped them to heal and to become better persons, and that they also made other choices to become better persons in their lives. I I really um, would like to leave a a kind of a legacy behind uh, for children, for, for young professionals to stand up to their own game to overcome fears and to do good with their experiences. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Well, we, we all have a backpack full of, of experiences and not only nice ones, but one who is able to do good with their bad experiences is able to heal the world by leaving a kind of a ripple effect of positive actions. Um, and, and, 
and that is um, that would make me very happy and that's my definition then of success then i for me then i have succeeded so um and and i have a little boy of seven years old almost um i would be so happy when he hears about what his mommy um has had accomplished in her life so for me that is success then I think that's a, that's a beautiful definition, and I really like the rephrased the, the rephrased question. Um, I believe that I've read somewhere the quote, or is it from a motivational uh, music that I listen when I'm working out? But uh, it says like there is no great person with an easy past. Sorry, You're, it's <laughs> there is no great person with an easy past. No, no, true. If your soul hasn't been scratched. <laughs> The, yeah. the, you know, uh, your life has been a, a, a bike ride yeah. through nature and sunshine. Um, it's, an, uh, it's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Hey, if I would give you the shoes that Dorothy wear in uh, Wizard of Oz and you can clap them and go to every des- any desired um, age of your youth, where would you go and what would you advise young Alexia? <laughs> Well, that's kind of an issue right now because I'm working on, on a little Alexia right now. <laughs> um, I actually started therapy um, in a child work. And um, I only had one session and one session only is like an intake. So I, I, I am not able to, to tell a lot about it, but um, I do have a vivid um, um a picture of me of actually a really I really see her a really small child within my heart on a lotus flower and she's bent over and um and I still find it very hard to reach her so that's why I'm going <laughs> therapy and to to work on that because she's very important to me to grow and um um so I hope I can help her um, to be to 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 flourish, to to grow, and to be the woman who I am now. And uh, I really would like to tell her it's okay. It's okay that you feel this way, like you do, but it's all going to be okay in the end. Um, I'm right here. Have trust. Um, I have, I have to trust in yourself. It's very important to 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 trust yourself, um, to learn that, um, to um, well also don't be don't depend yourself on others. I'm not sure if it's correct English, but don't depend too much on others. Um, but depend on yourself, your your own wisdom, and um, uh, your your um, uh, how do you say uh, your um, intuition and uh, she didn't do that at at a very young age so she started to uh, um, well she started to to um, to work outside of herself and um, as I look back now it would have been great if she already knew from a young age that she needed to be with herself and not only helping other people, but only, but also helping herself. So maybe that would be the message. Um, um, 
because I, I, I blamed myself a lot that I couldn't um, help my sister at age six. So, and now I, I, I understand I was only six. <laughs> so for yeah. what could I have done? I was only six. Yes. So, um, but that's still a, a kind of hard for me to, to understand and to, to, um, um, well, not understand, but to acknowledge that I was only six. I, I would, uh, well, I, I think I, I, yeah, I think I would already wanted to be a hero back then already. Um, <laughs> so, and that's, that's kind of hard to, to change that kind of beliefs in your system. But what, if I was Dorothy, I would have told her that you ch just try to be your own hero. I think that's a, that's a great message. Yeah. Um, do you think that uh, actually we have industrialized not only the way we produce things, but we have also industrialized our emotions? Like, what is industrialized? I don't know what... Like industrial revolution, uh, you know, uh, making things easy in a process, abiding the process, having the inputs and outputs, etc. Not talking too much, not sharing your emotions and etc. So we have kind of robotized our, ourselves. We are behaving like robots because yeah. emotion in the modern West is experienced as either naive or um, weak. Have we become mm. too much of a robot? Oh, as yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, 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 yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, well, we, we, we grew up with the belief that we need Heishebaum pubation. <laughs> so we need a car, we need a marriage, we need kids, we need a good, good job with a lot of money. But at age, I think, 38, 40, you think, well, is it all this? I'm not happy at all. What did I do with my life? So, uh, yeah, everyone is so full of, um, also full of materialistic things. And so working outside yourself instead of working with yourself and with the elements. Um, I see it's myself... Really focused. Yeah, we're not in turning forward, we're totally outside and what people think of us. And uh, I also have these these beliefs. What So when I got on stage last week, I got this, um, I, when I was rehearsing my uh, uh, speech on Monday, last Monday, I, I kind of got in panic. And uh, well, and I speech more often. So why do I panic? And at that point... I thought, oh my God, I have this fear of uh, being imperfect. And then at that point, so that's what I, and I was uh, mentioning earlier that I, I, um, I want to do everything because when I was six, I couldn't help my sister. So everything, so it, it wasn't perfect. So the rest of my life needed to be perfect. I needed to be the perfect role model, the perfect sister, the perfect friend, the perfect whatever. Um, so at that point, I thought, oh, my God, I'm not a perfect uh, speaker because in my head, I, um, I had this belief that when I'm in front of people, I need to do all by head. So I need to have the text in my head and I am failing as soon as I have a card with some, um, well, some points on it, some some remarks on it. So, and I thought, oh my God, I'm, I'm not getting the key message in my head. So I'm going to fail totally. 
<laughs> and I, 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 um, I never experienced this, um, this, uh, um, this feeling before. So what I did at a point, uh, I, I was talking to myself. <laughs> Very strange, but come on, girl, <laughs> you need to go through through this. This this is not happening right now. This is this, this is an old belief and an old feeling. And uh, what's the worst that can happen um, when you have this card with you? What do you think people think? Well, I think that. Well, is it positive? Is it hundred percent sure you think they are going to think those things? Okay, well, I'm not going to have that card with me, but okay, I will write the things down. I, 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 yeah, I put them all on card. And when I did that, I felt the fear going away. So okay, I, I, I got where in, 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 I got in a in an um, uh, an easy pace again. So I could hurry hers, and everything went well. And then I took the card with me last Wednesday and I had him in my hand just to challenge my, my, my fear of imperfection. And I didn't really need it. Everything was in my hand. But at that point, I held myself going through uh, uh, um, this fear and my biggest, um, uh, my biggest um, compliment after the speech and and you can imagine these are kids between 16 and 20 years old they came in with all their cell phones my biggest compliments after 45 minutes they never ever looked at their cell phones they were kind of <laughs> kind of astonished by my story and they were quiet and <laughs> so for me i so at, at that point i i told myself so your biggest fear was they were going to think something about you because you were holding the card. Well, it never happened. <laughs> they, <laughs> they actually applauded for me. So, for, so at that point, um, I overcame my own fear. So, yeah, I was, I was very happy with that. So, did I? Oh, did I actually uh, answer your question? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe you did. I believe you Sorry. did. This was just an anecdote. Doesn't matter. Uh, uh, what inspires you, Alexia? What? What inspires me? Well, a good book is able to inspire me, but I'd rather talk about who inspires me. It's my son. <laughs> He's almost seven. Um, he takes his time to learn things in his own pace. He does struggle with anxiety also. He got it from me. Uh, but eventually, by taking baby steps, he gets there. And that makes me so proud. He, he, he is not... Um, uh, how do I say? He doesn't have the feeling that he's going to be forced into something. He's very clear about, I'm going to do it my way. And I'm very proud of that because I've never experienced that in my life. Giving up is not on his agenda. Um, and last week I asked him for advice. <laughs> what could my inner child do when she didn't know how to handle something? And he advised her, 
just keep on going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, the children children are always uh, inspirational. I share the same uh, thing with you. I mean, I get my inspiration from my wife and uh, from my child and from my cats also, I have to say. (laughs) They do not talk. Yeah, they do not talk, but just, you know, how laid back they are. I said, well, (laughs) I have to also, I have also two cats. (laughs) I know what you're thinking of talking about. Yeah. Astonishing animals. Yes. Yes. And children. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. They are like children. Yeah. Is is there, if there, well, you answered that question. So I'm not going to, I wanted to ask you if you want to leave something to the world, but you answered that when you're answering the, the, the success question, because you said how you want to be remembered. Uh, well, I, I do have an addition to that. Okay. Yeah. okay, let's hear it. Yeah, I would like to leave the world, um, well, that everything happens with a reason. Um, and it's only a choice away to do something positive with it. So, and by sharing my story on schools, stages and companies, I would like to inspire people to share more, to care more, to connect more hear people, see people, and acknowledge people uh, more to heal the world. And I mean, everyone in all kinds of shapes, colors, and sizes. So that's my addition to it. I think that's uh, a beautiful legacy uh, to leave. Mm -hmm. Where does your curiosity go right now? Uh, Well, well, where will I be in five years? (laughs) I kind of have an an international ambition. (laughs) Okay, okay, that's nice. Are you writing a book? No, not yet. Um, I'm thinking about it, but um, and, and it was and on Clubhouse. I'm talking about it. I'm finding my my way around uh, uh, writing a book. But most of all, I'm curious if I found peace in myself. Like in five years, I'm kind of restless. Like I have so much to do and say to everyone in so little time. So. Well, that's that's the curious, most curious thing. When, well, how do I feel in five years from now? Okay, that's uh, that's a long time to be curious about it. I have a lot to do, <laughs> a lot of to experience. Uh, uh, memento mori. Uh, enjoy the day. Yeah, I would yeah, say. of course. Yeah, yeah. Seize the day. Yeah. Yeah, seize the day. And and uh, memento mori is uh, accept that you're mortal and be aware that you're mortal. So. Yeah, I, I find that um, very difficult <laughs> at times. <laughs> uh, yes, because I, well, I told you, I'm already kind of 46. <laughs> and um, I, I, I have so much in me, but I still need to um, kind of cluster it. So I need to, I'm, I'm, I feel I, I'm just starting and there's so much to do and so much to tell but i'm not sure how it's going to 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 be like in a few years and where i am at so um, yeah i'm yeah there's a lot to do <laughs> that, that will keep you alive for a long time yeah, yeah my passion my curiosity my yeah my inner strength yeah the inner engine inner um, engine yeah beautiful um if you would get the possibility to dine with three people, alive or dead, or three time periods to live in, which one of those be and why? Are you ready? 
I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. It's so, it's so huge diversity of answers that I get and they vary. They're like in all shapes and sizes. So yeah. uh, uh, surprise me. Yeah. Okay. Lisa Nichols, ever heard of her? No. Nope. Okay. Lisa Nichols is one of the world's most requested motiv motivational speakers, as well as a media personality and corporate CEO whose global platform has reached nearly 80 million people. From a struggling single mom on public assistance to a millionaire entrepreneur, she inspired me with her own message and she helped me online to chase my dreams. She was the one who planted a seed to step forward with my message, to make my mess my message. And I followed a speaker program from Mind Valley. Do you, I'm not sure if you know Mind Valley. Uh, and I felt I totally fell in love with her presence, uh, her energy and passion for speaking. And I learned so much from her and I would love to meet her in, well, well in real life anytime soon. <laughs> you can add that to that list of uh, yeah. five years. And second, that's Oprah Winfrey. Um, you don't even have to explain why. <laughs> I know, I know, so I don't have a lot of attention about that. <laughs> no, no, just like mentioning her, I mean. Uh, yeah, um, well, only the movie The Color Purple brought me to tears. Um, what she had to overcome in life, what she is still positively accomplishing, I just find it very amazing. She's a real true role model for everyone who believes that he isn't worthy of life. So, yeah. And now, now I'm going to surprise you, I believe. <laughs> Let, let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> Number three is Princess Diana. Oh. Yeah. Um, every time I saw her on TV, um, I felt her pain through her eyes. And I, I was in my early 20s at that point. I knew she was capable of huge things, but she was holding herself back too much. She was not living and uh, her life as she wanted to be, uh, wanted to do that. And I always wanted to kind of shake her up through the television. <laughs> but of course, <laughs> oh I couldn't do that. And when I heard she died, my heart broke to pieces. Um, I kind of felt her pain, her sorrow. And at that time, I was a flight attendant. And we just arrived in the Dominican Republic at that point. At that point, and I bought a newspaper with her face on it, and I still have that newspaper. It was filled with stories about her. And now, now I've have seen on Netflix. I've seen the, the series The Crown. And now I knew that what I felt at that moment, when I was looking in her eyes every time I saw her, uh, that that pain um, was legit, was real. And boy, no one deserves it to feel this kind of belittlement in his life like she did. So if I could see her one day, I would drink a huge glass of wine with her, dance our asses off and made our hearts a lot lighter. I definitely would like to give her a very, very warm hug and tell her, I see you. That's what I really wanted to do. And right now I'm kind of getting emotional about it. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. It's all yeah. good. I think that's a beautiful list. Is there something I should have asked you, but I didn't? I do think so. Um, the question is, which turn in your life you regret? And that's a story. 
Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all set. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a very vulnerable story, so I'm going to share. I also share this in my in my speeches. So this is the first time I'm I'm going to do this online um, for the world. <laughs> Um, well, there is this one time during the financial crisis back in 2008-2010. Um, luckily, I had a few angels on my shoulder, but I could easily not be sitting down right here now. Um, in 2007, I was asked uh, by an acquaintance. Um, at that time, I worked for a production uh, studio um, as a production manager uh, making uh, television commercials. An acquaintance from a, a, an um, a advertising agency called me if I knew a chaperone of a bodyguard for a rich lady from Miami. She came often to, to Holland to, for business uh, things. Um, she, she came here for horseback riding and to buy horses, all those kind of things. And I found a good match uh, because in my life, I, I already mentioned, for me, my red thread is helping people. And uh, so I, I didn't know her. I didn't know who she was, but I, yeah, if someone's going to ask me to help someone, I'm going to do that. So I found a good match and she asked me to set up a business in Amsterdam where I was living at that point uh, for her and her rich friends, her rich um, lady friends. So I did. So in 2008, the world was faced with this huge financial uh, banking crisis. So the Americans didn't came back. And as an entrepreneur in the days, I was faced with a huge debt at that point. Um, I got bankrupt. Uh, and my ability to think clearly was totally gone. And I was afraid to share my story with my inner circle because they didn't back me up when I decided to start a company. Um, and um, so I've, I, I never felt this alone at that period of time in my, in, since I was a teen. So was, when I was a teen, I felt alone. And at this point also, I had this huge debt on my shoulders and I didn't know how to handle this. Um, and all my obstructive beliefs hit me so hard in the face at that moment that I truly believed them all. So I wasn't worthy of anything. And this was my punishment. And I really felt a victim uh, of the crisis. So I decided to do one thing that could give me some cash quickly. I decided to be an escort. Uh, I got approved by the agency and left their office with one hand a pack of condoms and another hand a cell phone. And I've never, ever, ever felt so vulnerable as a woman as in that moment. I truly believed I have, I have no options left than only to do this to, uh, yeah, receive some Survival cash. mode. Sorry? Survival mode. Survival mode. It was the only thing. And a few weeks, a few weeks later, they called me that there was someone interested in dating me and they were going to set up a meeting for us. And boy, 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 I felt so ashamed at that moment and truly lost all the trust in myself. I lost it all. But luckily, I already mentioned I had a few angels on my shoulder, but luckily I met my husband a few days later after that phone call. And I got so in love with him um, that I called the agency off and never ever looked back at that period of time. And due to the, the happiness hormones, I got to think more clearly <laughs> and started to talk to my creditors, something I, I shouldn't have done in the first place. But I, I, well, all these obstructive beliefs hit me so hard that I, I couldn't think about that. 
And my lesson here was never trust and believe. Never trust and believe your obstructive beliefs. And, and find the time and just dare to share your story with, with people because you are not alone. When, you, when you're, you're in a mess, you're not alone. And never ever feel a victim of something you are not responsible for. Become your own hero and let yourself be heard. So that was my story. I Well, that was a, the question you, you have never... I'm, I'm so happy that that turned out uh, yeah. the way... I mean, I mean uh, that's, uh, I'm speechless again. Yeah. That doesn't happen often. <laughs> uh, uh, well, lucky, lucky. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I'm very, I know that. I know that. And, 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 well, yeah, I'm lucky, but also I'm happy that for now, when I look back, that I experienced that, that moment to, so that I'm able to share this story right now to, to tell what kind of choices you can, you are able to make in your life when you think there's, there's nothing um, uh, you can do anymore. But there's always a thing you can do and start with talking, start with the people around you and and start with sharing and, and see what people come up with. And during that time, I was uh, the first time I got an entrepreneur and, uh, and my family didn't back me up. So I thought... I need to do this all by myself. There's no one where I can uh, ask these entrepreneurial questions to. But now I'm an entrepreneur again. I, I tried to do it one more time. And now I know everyone, every entrepreneur likes to uh, answer your questions because they can relate to some things and they already overcame it. So they can can inspire you with their experiences. So. So yeah, well, it was a hard lesson, but <laughs> a good, a good lesson well. that turned out good. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Alexia, thank you for for all your experiences in your sharing. We have come to the end of the podcast, so now I have drums, please. Um, I need your two cents for the audience. So if you summarize everything that you have shared with me and you have your key takeaway for them, what would that be? Let's make sure we daily connect the human dots. Let's learn, hear, share, and grow so we can heal the world together. Don't hold yourself back, but share. And then you see everything is going to be just fine. I think that's uh, that's a beautiful key takeaway with a few quotes in between. So uh, thank you for that. It was great talking to you. Um, I wish you... Um, all the luck and success and happiness and joy on your journey and especially reaching that five-year goal. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I hope to see you on stage uh, somewhere in the near future. Thank you so much, Amir. Thank you for having me. Have a blessed day. Likewise. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening, dear ladies and gentlemen. That was Alexia Emerenciana. Next week, our guest and challenger of the status quo is Benjamin Tallinn. And here's a short part of our conversation. The game would be different. Yeah. That's why back then, the, the consulting company I created, it was literally kind of like I wanted to, to put the problem away of the principal agent problem and say kind of like, how can somebody be an entrepreneur 
uh, out of a virtual uh, person and I just take the best people for the tasks that is to, that are coming up because I want to take responsibility. If it's not working, we are not getting paid. Are you curious about the rest of Benjamin's life journey and how he challenges the status quo of knowledge today next week? For now, this was Challenging the Status Quo Podcast Season 2 with your host, Amir Sabirovic. Stay safe and healthy and until next week. Ciao!